interviewing top sports personalities from around the nation in order to provide you next-level insight and analysis into your Cleveland Browns. Blue Wire Hustle proudly presents All Eyes on Cleveland. And now, here is your host, Brad Ward. Welcome to another edition of All Eyes on Cleveland. I am your host, Brad Ward. Today with me, special guest, friend of show, friend of mine, good man, Josh Keatley. Josh Keatley writes for the Browns Wire and the Buckeyes Wire of USA Today Sports Media Group. You can follow him on Twitter, and I suggest that you do, at Josh Keatley 16 What's up, brother? Dude, it's great, man. College football's in full swing, baby, so I'm just getting ready for the Notre Dame game. Got to watch the Big Ten football yesterday, and you know, finish the day off with some Browns, working uh, working the game with you. So, yeah, that was uh, it. Was good to do that. Uh, you know, I I was on injury duty. Uh, you were on big play duty to give <laughs> uh, to give uh, so we could give our boss a little break there. Jared, he deserved it. I'm glad he got to enjoy the game with his brother. Oh, yeah. So that was good. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's uh, let's. You know, so I want to talk today. I've been thinking about this since, and you know it's been on my mind because I even hit you up late last night, I think, like, hey, you want to jump on right now? Like, I was pretty fired up. I had some things going through my head here about this, Ross. So, I thought the game yesterday was a little upsetting. I don't know about you, but, like... uh, No, I agree. Yeah. Um, Brissett, 13-23, 109, an interception. Not really his fault on the interception. But... He didn't look great, I didn't think. Um, it's hard to evaluate him in that situation, but, like, I don't know. Like, what do they expect from Brissett, like, in this regular season, Josh? Like, what they, they're going to roll with him for 11 games. It seems like they have no interest in Jimmy Garoppolo, which I kind of wish they would show a little more interest. Maybe if he gets cut, they'll kick, kick the tires on him. I don't know, because then the money's a lot different. But, like... I, like, it feels like they're ready to roll with Brissett for 11 games. And, you know, I've had a lot of people say, yeah, that's their best option, or Jimmy's not much of an upgrade over him. I kind of disagree. I just think moving the ball down the field-wise, uh, passing game-wise, and today's NFL, I think Garoppolo is a, a bit of an upgrade. But I see their point that, you know, Brissett's been around since the spring, right? And... Um, he's kind of their guy, but he has a long release. Like, it takes him a long time to get rid of the ball. It feels like it's kind of a long, lanky release. I worry about that. He had a lot of balls batted down at the line of scrimmage, which was kind of like, what the hell's going on there? Schwartz can't catch. We know that. We'll get to that. But uh, a couple drops, and then, you know, not great, but like, 2022 AFC football, you're going to have to be able to score, Josh, is my biggest fear. Yeah, I, I agree with you on 90% of what you're saying. I, I See, the, the Jimmy Garoppolo thing, I I don't know if he's a massive upgrade, but I'm kind of with you in the fact that I do think he is a, at least a slight upgrade. I mean, I don't think that the Niners would be looking to move on from him if not for his injury issues. That's basically his biggest issue, is that he's not a splashy player and he has a lot of injuries. So I don't think that Jimmy G is is bad. Jacoby Brissett has had stretches where he has 
been not a good quarterback. Now, the debate is, is that his fault or is that the offenses that he's been on's fault, right? Because he's, sure. had, he's had moments of, of electricity in Indianapolis. But again, there wasn't a whole lot around him when he was playing there, yada, yada, yada. Same thing in Miami. He's had moments where he's really made it, helped him win some games. But again, there wasn't a whole lot about around him. So he has some moments where he doesn't look great. I don't have an issue with his release. I don't think you're wrong about his release, but I do think you can be successful with his release. The issue that I have with Percet, and one of the reasons I didn't like him coming out of, I believe it was North Carolina State. I know he transferred from Florida. Maybe it was Boston College. I can't remember. I think it was North Carolina State. One of the issues I had with him, and I thought that the Patriots reached when they drafted him, was because he holds onto the ball way too long. That's the problem I have. So when you have a long release like that and you can't make a decision up, that's not that's a recipe for disaster. But I will say I think he has improved on that. I think he looked I don't think he looked bad. I think uncomfortable is the better yeah. word. Um I but I think that that's I don't th- I think that that's something that can be fixed. I don't know if it, we're not I'm not there at practice. You know, yeah. you know I'm not I'm not there every day so I don't see how he's meshing with the receivers. You know, if he's getting passes batted down, um that could be a sign of him just not used to to you know all 22 dudes on the field. You know, it could be something as silly as that. I don't, I, there's nothing that scares me about Brissett, but if anybody thinks that we're going to be winning the Super Bowl with them, they're sorely mistaken. Yeah, I guess uh, I'm like in like save the season mode. You know what I mean? Like, okay, like, how can we stay around 500 for 11 games is the goal for me right now, kind of mentally is where I'm at, right? Like, and I feel like, you know, after the game, I heard Stefanski kind of say that he was good with what he saw from Brissett, and then I heard uh, somebody else on the offensive side of the ball, I forget who, I don't want to mess up who said it, but they were like, yeah, it was a solid performance. It wasn't a solid performance, I didn't think. I agree, he looked uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. which I thought of all things he would look at least comfortable, maybe he would be inaccurate or whatever, but like, I don't know. Maybe I'm overreacting a little bit. I probably am, to be honest. Um, I just feel like they're like, we're going to go forward with Brissett, but we're going to have to win with complimentary football, uh, a really good defense, a good running game, and like hope that he plays mistake-free. And I'm afraid that in the AFC in 2022, that's not enough. I would agree. I think you're right. I don't think it is enough. Um but I, I'm I'm not expecting – I don't think that the Browns are going to – I think I've made peace with the fact that I don't think the Browns are going to be very good this year. I don't, <laughs> That's I don't, our problem, huh? I, I don't think that they're going to be fighting for a playoff spot. I mean, Anthony Schwartz is going to be a major part of this offense, and he can't wow. catch the ball. You know what I mean? The, the uh, you know the third the number three running back on the team is going to be the third best offensive weapon. There's some issues there. The offensive line every day a new person's injured. You know James Hudson did not look great. You no. know I love James Hudson, but Jeff pointed it out, and then I couldn't take my eyes away from him getting destroyed. You know there's there's definitely some issues. I think that the defense is is, is on the right path. Um, you know, but even then, Greedy Williams, I was kind of expecting him to step up, and he kind of got worked like a rodeo clown yesterday. But again, it's preseason. I don't put too much stock in that. Maybe, you know, it was just a bad day, but he's going up against twos and threes. So I was expecting him to be light, lights, you know, shut down. You know what I mean? Uh, but I, I think that I, that's my problem, is I've already tempered my expectations. I don't think Brissett's going to lose the Browns any games. 
I don't think it's going to be fourth and one. I don't think it's going to be in the fourth quarter. We're going to be down three points, and we need Brissett to drive down the field, and then he's going to throw a pick. That's not his game. That's not his style. He may not get the fourth down, but he's not going to lose the game, right? They're going to probably be in a situation where they try to force the ball to chuck. You know what I mean? That's that's going to be the issue. Is that the the large part of the offense, I think, is going to be put on Chubb's shoulders, which you know is obviously ideal, but it's also not, right? Not. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, you have to, they're going to have to be able to loosen up defenses for the running game to be effective. And that means pushing the ball down the field. And I just, you know, maybe it'll look different with Amari and and the, you know, all the, you know, ones out there on the offensive line. So I'm not overreacting. I don't think it's that they can't win. It's just like, I, I just, you know, this first four games, they should at least, be 500 in that four games can you give me that i mean yeah uh, they're not they're not (laughs) terrible i mean they're not going to be like the steelers the steelers are going to be bad the steelers are going to be picking very early in the draft right i think we can agree that the browns are better than the steelers it's just you know in the grand scheme when you talk about the afc north i'm watching the cincinnati Bengals from last year and you can see the improvements that they made in the offseason they've they sucked on the offensive line and they added to it Right, they've made a financial investment to that offensive line, and that was their biggest issue. They were at the Super Bowl last year. The Ravens, they were struck by injuries. Well, if those guys are healthy and they can stay healthy, then they're going to be a vastly improved team. That, and then they drafted Kyle Hamilton and and, 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 a, and a, one of the best centers to come out in the last five years in the NFL draft. Those guys are going to help that that team immensely. The Browns, I'm looking at their offseason. I'm they got a quarterback who's going to be suspended eleven games. And then what else did they do? You know, I'm saying, you know what I'm saying. I just don't. I yeah. don't. I don't know if it's going to stack up the way we think it is. What, uh, do you uh, doubt? I, see, I think where maybe maybe this is our disconnect. I don't know. I think this roster is super talented. Um, I just don't think that. I think that the problem is in the where you need to be strongest mm-hmm. in the passing game. They they took a step back with you know and not be not I let, let me be clear on this as a football move I'm cool with the Watson move right like I get it like big picture like I see that it's a big picture move right yeah. like him as a quarterback yeah. will change who the Browns are hopefully for years to come right that's the goal. Um, that's the goal and i think that that's probably a likely outcome uh but as we look at 20 you know as we look at 2022 and try to salvage what we can here there's still a lot of talent on this roster the problem two through 53 the problem is quarterback and wide receiver room i don't know what what's gonna happen there like i it's not good enough right now um Denzel Mims today, they showcased him with the Jets. Let's talk about wide receivers now here. Did yeah. you see this? I guess yeah. he had a big day. Um, they're showcasing him because he wants out in a trade. Should the Browns be in? I mean, the Browns should be in on anybody that helps that room, right? Yeah, I mean, first of all, they're, they're still Will Fuller still sitting out there. I don't I don't think it's impossible to bring a guy like that in. That's just a, that's just an Anthony Schwartz who can catch the ball teensy bit. I've heard, I've heard some bad things that people are going to stay away. Really? Yeah, off the field issues or something, any injury issues something, or something? to something to that effect that like he's not in a good place or whatever he's not there that he may not be ever in the NFL again. That's what somebody told That's me. Uh, because I kept so I stopped 
bandying about his name when I heard that. So. Oh shit. Okay. Well. Okay. Take. There's. Still, you still got may not the, be true. You know. You know. I. You know. It's. Yeah. We. Every. Some people. You know. Who knows? There's reasons out there. There's a reason yeah. he's out there, right? So you're Certainly. probably more right than I am. You know, Emmanuel Sanders is still out there. I know he was quote unquote retired, but you throw some yeah. cash at him. I don't know why he wouldn't suit it up one last time. Cole Beasley's a name that has been floating around out there. I'm not so high on Cole Beasley. Um, not because of anything political or off the field wise. I know that's where everybody goes, but but more because we have guys that kind of fill that role. I feel like that's a role David Bell might be able to grow into. So I'm not too concerned about that. Emmanuel Sanders kind of hits all three levels. That's why I like that. But yeah, um, um, Mims is fantastic. You're talking about a first round pick out of Baylor, or did they get him in the second or the first round? Uh, good. He question. he was a, he was an early round pick. I know I know that when he came out, I gave him a first round grade. Yeah, I know he ran like a four three eight or something. Yeah, he was he was a second round pick, six foot two, two hundred seven pounds, ran a four three eight. I gave him a first round grade coming out of Baylor. The dude could do it all. Uh, you know that, that you're talking about a, a guy that I think has number one potential. Still young. I don't know why the Jets would give up on him, but he must be just frustrated, one and out. Yeah, if I'm the Browns, I'm knocking. I am picking up the phone hard on that one because that if you that's if you what I think him, too. Yeah, agreed, agreed. If you get him, that moves Mark Cooper to two. You got David Bell, and Anthony Schwartz. They're rotating for what you need because Anthony Schwartz he drops the ball, but if you take a guy like that just for his speed and he's playing sparingly or he plays his role and you're not relying upon him to be a number one or number two, it's not that bad of an issue, right? So yeah. that changes that changes the whole landscape of that receiving core. It does. I think one body would make me feel better, and it doesn't. Mims is like the best option out there oh, right God, now. Yes. I think. So here's my fringe wide receiver list, which has been changing. I even have to cross off some names here. Demarcus Robinson became free, but the he signed was picked up by the Ravens. Yes. Um, Darius Slayton. Maybe on the cut bubble. I think he's maybe like the second best option if he gets cut. Now, I guess there was an injury, I was told, and he may make the team now. But they're not utilizing him like he should, I think. I think he's an interesting receiver. Let's just say that. Nelson Aguilar, uh, New England, cut bubble guy. Two guys in Tampa Bay, Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson, to take your pick. Small little slot guy bigger athletic receiver one of them probably likely to get cut they just got too many guys there right uh andy isabella arizona um another slot type preston williams lee bowden both in miami on the cut bubble i had denzel mims now but now he's a trade request uh albert wilson was released by the vikings the other day he's a guy who has some experience in the league uh and has done some things all of these guys now you tell me all of these guys, to me, I would ra- any of those guys I would rather have than Baldwin, Bradley, Wims, Aesop, Winston, Mike Harley Jr. I'll stop at Michael Woods because I haven't seen enough of him yet. Yeah, but do you agree with that? Or, or like you're you're my UDFA guy, so who's got the best chance on you? What best UDAF, UDFA guy to best chance to make this roster? Is that uh, D'Anthony you- Bell? Oh yeah, I think Bell's a lock. You think, I think he's Bell's in? A lock. I think he so. I mean, he's 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 done enough because he's going to play on special teams too. He's going to have a role. He's going to okay. he's going to have a role on this team. I I think if, the, if he doesn't make the roster, he's going to get a practice squad. I feel pretty confident in that. I mean, who else you got back? Who who else you have? John, you have 
if you're looking at that room, you have John Johnson, Ronnie Harrison, Grant Delpit. So you're talking about D'Anthony Bell, uh, Richard LeCount, and then Moffitt. Moffitt's the, the odd man out. And then you got to think LeCount and Bell, they're going to fight for either that four. They're either going to keep four safeties, five safeties. One's going to go to the practice squad. Moffitt's, I think Moffitt's the dude that's out. But I think Bell's in. I, I yeah. wasn't, I, I didn't know a whole lot about Bell until the Browns signed him. This was a guy that, they believe it's from like West Florida has been playing football for like West Florida's only been in existence for like three years or something crazy like that. Not a lot of t- ton of highlights on him. I know the Browns talked to him pretty in depth when he was at the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl. Um, so I, you know that was a guy I tried to dive into a little bit when they signed a big, fast, strong, versatile. You know, is he going to be a, a starter? No, you don't want him to start. But then I think he's going to make the roster. I think he's a he's the the bottom of the roster guy that you're going to see his name being churned. Yeah, it's either him or LeCount, right? It feels like I, I, I don't know if they keep five safeties. I don't think they can. Maybe they will. I don't think they but, do either. I think one of those yeah. guys practice squad, but I think they practice squad. Maybe one or two of those guys. Yeah, um, uh, and he came in before the practice squad. We like sixteen dudes, right? Sixteen guys this year. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I both of them. Yeah. So. I hope he makes it there because he's kind of flashed in this preseason. I hope he can get through waivers, right? Like you can't, uh, you know, Deant- I think they might keep him over LeCount. Like weirdly in that game yesterday, he came in before LeCount did. Uh, yeah. And they know, and they pointed it out in the broadcast even. So something to keep your eye on. And he, and he did well again. They yeah. talked about him in the press conference, uh, you know, talked about how ball aware he is you know he's not too caused two fumbles now and mm-hmm. it's a fancy he was talking about how that's something that they chart and practice and that he does that stuff all the time so like he's him a he's a big uh, hitter. They, they say he ran like a 4-4 at his pro yeah. day i don't think that that's right i think that was somebody's hand with their thumb jumping it a little bit so that's Probably. his biggest weakness that's why i don't think he starts or you don't want him to start um but yeah, I mean, he, other other than that, other than the straight line speed, because he's it's not like he's got, you know, he's got pretty quick hips and ankles and all that. So I, I'm, yeah, I'm somewhat of a fan. Okay, yeah, me too. Uh, I think he has the best chance to make it. Uh, I don't. Do you see any of these uh, UDFA wide receivers getting on, like Harley Jr. Um, practice squad, right? Yeah, I, my, Mike Harley Jr. It's funny. I went back again. This is a guy when he played at Miami. He was flat out not good. He was not good. My and that that doesn't that's that doesn't mean he was bad. It just means he wasn't good, right? If you don't if you don't if you're not a stud in college, and there's not and there's no reason behind it, I don't really want you, right? Like with Donovan Peoples Jones, he wasn't a stud in college, but I mean, first of all, he had games where he was, and he was also in a weird offense. But yeah, Miami, it wasn't really his fault, right? Exactly. Yeah. Miami slings a rock, dude. So if you couldn't yeah. splash there, you probably ain't gonna do. It. And his statistics, he actually he actually broke like a good chunk of Reggie Wayne's career records while at Miami. So, you know, this is a guy that got plenty of opportunities. The problem with him is that he just doesn't flash, but he's super consistent, right? So he he catches the ball, so he's not going to drop the – he may drop it every now and again, but he's not going to drop an obscene amount like Anthony Schwartz, right? He's not super yeah. slow. He's not super small. He's just kind of a jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none type. Um, do you want him starting? No. Is he better than the guys the Browns drafted? No. But is he worthy of a practice squad? Absolutely. Okay. Do you have a favorite out of all these kind of got just guys back here? Like, do you like? I kind of like Wims better than all of them, right? 
Yeah, well, Javon Wims, if you remember when he was drafted, he was drafted at a, another guy kind of – he was like George Pickens' light at Georgia. He was very sure. tall. Um, kind of, he, he would get the jump ball, but he was he was slow. And that's why he fell in the draft. He was drafted in the sixth or seventh round. Um, he fell. The Bears got a pretty good steal there. And he started either as a rookie or his second year in Chicago. It was like their number one or two receiver. So he has some pretty legit, extensive NFL experience. And then he just kind of fell off. Um, you know, sometimes you'll see that, you know, Browns fans, we're very familiar with wide receivers that are the only person on the team, like Quincy Morgan and guys like that. And they kind of just fall off a cliff because they're not very good. Wims is kind of like that. So, but he is, he is more than capable enough. I, you know, I like him better than Harley. I think he's probably going to have a better career. He, I could, I can envision a, a stronger role for him in this offense than even Woods, than even more than a healthy Woods. Uh, you know, he, he, they say he's tall. He's got pretty good hands. I like him. I, I, I like him. Yeah. So you like him better than Woods? Maybe. You said. I, I think that Woods is going to be higher on their priority list because they drafted him and he's probably more explosive. But Javon Wims, I think I see it. I see it. If you're at, at the end of the season, I think he has more. If they keep him, if they keep him, I think he has a, a larger stat line than Woods. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So, okay, so they're going to keep Schwartz despite his struggles, right? And he's going to oh, be on the 53. Uh, you have to. You yeah, have to. unfortunately. Um, but, like, here's the wide receiver room. Mm-hmm. Murray Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, David Bell. Schwartz, I think Woods is on the team. Um, and then you've got that's five, right? You can only keep, like, six. So, Harley, probably practice squad. Wims, maybe practice squad, or on the 50. One of these guys might be on the 53 initially, but you have to account for here as well, Demetric Felton. Is he six? Yep. Is that it? Is that it then? I mean, because if that's it, I have a problem with this room big time. Or maybe you put Woods on the pup list or something. But either way, you got to bring in... Um. I think you have to bring I w- I'm accounting for this. Like I'm accounting for the 53 to come out Tuesday, Josh, and then I'm expecting three players to come in to the 53 from other cutdowns. One wide receiver, a third tight end, and maybe an interior defensive lineman. So though that's my thought process on this roster. What do you think of that? Like I think there's no question that they will add a receiver to this room to the 53 from cut downs. I think you you nailed it with the tight end. I think they have to add a tight end. I think that they want to use three tight ends. I feel like they rotated those dudes in and out so much they truly don't – it doesn't feel like they have any confidence in them. Forrestal played really well, so I think if you have to pick a third, that's the dude. But I definitely think they're reaching out, picking up the phone, trying to find a tight end. Receiver yeah. though, I think those are the six they're riding with. I, you know, I tried to really do a little exercise. I mean, because based off of what I'm seeing, it seems like those are they're pretty comfortable with Cooper, P. 
Peoples Jones, Schwartz, Bell, Woods, Felton. I'm thinking those are the six. And then you might and then Wims might sneak in there over somebody and someone else gets the practice squad nod, nod. Or maybe they have Felton at the running back designation. I don't know. But the, I'm thinking that those are the six. And then they, you know, practice okay. squad Bradley and Harley and Wims or, you know, there's three guys there. But I yeah, think that I, very I, interesting. I, I hope it, I hope I'm wrong. I hope they I they trade for Mims today. It just seems like Based Seems like they're court. good with it, and I don't get that. Like, I do not get it. I want to put my head through a plate glass window when I, I've been talking about this wide receiver room to, to death. My listeners are probably like, oh, guys, talking about the wide receivers again. But, <laughs> Jesus, I, I can't. I mean, I can't help it, man. It's not good enough. It's not an NFL wide receiver room. I mean, do you, do you disagree? Because with the tight ends, I feel like it's like, oh, wow, they don't really like any of these guys. But the wide receivers, maybe they're forced. But, I mean, you know, they had Schwartz out there forever. Forever, dude. They've get, you know, I mean, they got some of these guys playing. They're dishing the ball to these dudes. I think it's trying. I think it's trying to break them in. Like, okay, dude, the, you're you're gonna have to step up. That's what I think. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they're like, okay, hey, we got to get a lot of film, as much film as possible, because this is his last chance. Because we're cutting them. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Preseason's weird that way. No, I don't think you're wrong. I just can't get over the fact that they're content with what they have at wide receiver. Like, I just think that blows my mind. And I get that, like, a lot of this was, hey, Watson's going to elevate some of these guys. Sure, I get that. But that you got 11 games without him right now. Yeah. you got to try to salvage this season somewhat. You, you have too much talent on this team to just be like, hey, we'll just roll with Brissett in this average to below average, probably even further down wide receiver room with all this talent on defense and Chubb in his prime and Denzel Ward in his prime and Gary in his prime and say, ah, screw it. It's just a wasted season. You can't do that. That blows my mind and it angers me to a great deal, Josh. I get very upset about this. This is why I feel like they should be reaching to make this roster as good as possible in unconventional ways even as we come up on the season. Like, I don't care if Jimmy G can't play till week five. Play four weeks of Brissett. See what you get. And if he's not good enough at that point, at least you have a better option. Or maybe they think Dobbs is an option. Now, I don't know, but that seems crazy to me. Even though how good he's looked, it's preseason. Like, I don't, I don't know. I, I just feel like they're not trying hard enough <laughs> to make this thing work. But they seem to be confident in something that... I have seen nothing to be confident about. I see. I don't know. I don't. I don't want to use the word confident. I, I feel like content is probably the the, the ideal word there because they have to see it. They're not idiots. They have to see what's going on. What's lacking now? The the turn that we the, the rock that we have not turned over yet is that the Browns have five running backs that can. Oh, start I'm, co- I'm going there. I think I said last night, Josh, and you can tell me what you think. I think that was Dearness Johnson's last night as in a Browns uniform. I don't disagree. I think that one of them is – I think it's either Dearness Johnson or Cream Hunt. I think that they pick up the phone, they're trying to make moves, and they say, which one do you want? And then that's how it's going to go down. I don't think – here, I've kind of been steadfast on this, but tell me what you think. I don't think that – because they're both gone next year, right? So mm-hmm. Dearness Johnson's gone for sure. Kareem Hunt, maybe they try to – unlikely, though. Um with the with the cap situation, I just think without Watson for eleven games, you need Kareem Hunt as a weapon in this offense. He is a weapon, I think, more than 
Dearness Johnson, and I think they need anybody they can. I mean, Hunt can be a weapon out of the, in the past game. We know that Brissett likes to check down and take yeah. the easy stuff, and Hunt is a guy that will make things happen when he's on the field. So I think he needs to be a big part of this offense and a weapon in this offense. I don't think you can afford to trade him at this point. I don't think what you get back will be anywhere close to what you're going to get from him on the field. Um, I I agree with that 100%. I, but I also think that's the same thing with Dearness Johnson. I don't know maybe what, with the value of his contract. I don't know if we're going to get back someone. But it does, but like you said, it doesn't matter. The Browns suck at wide receiver and they got five running backs that they can't they can't keep five running backs on this roster. Right. So right. I think Felton's you. in cuz they don't have a kick returner either, which is I mean I'm counting him as wide receiver. Yeah, I think Felton's in at wide receiver, right? Uh, I think you have to account for that unless – I just think they – I mean, he's he has shown the ability to be dynamic and really electric. Um, not kick returning, unfortunately, uh, but he is their kick returner, and they don't really have one right now. Um, but as a, as a weapon at wide receiver, yeah, you, I think he's about it. He's their next best option, and that's fine. So I think he's safe, right? Um, and I think that just leaves Dearness. You mean you're not going to get rid of Jerome Ford? He looks outstanding. He looks like the future. I think he's Chubb's successor succession plan down he's, probably. He's He's good. Yeah, so I think at Dearness Johnson, you see if you can get some trade value for him, and if it comes down to it, you may have to cut him. But I think they could get something back they for should him. Be able to get something for it. it might not be a wide receiver. It might be you know a terrible draft pick, but they should be. He's he is good. He's going to start. He is good enough to start for an NFL team. I mean, honestly, John Kelly Jr. You don't want him to start, but he's not bad. He's a very no. solid running back, and there. I, I mean. That that's probably their practice squad stash right there is John Kelly, but he might not stay there because he's a very solid running back. I'm what's your case good. for what's your case for moving Hunt over Johnson? Better value in return? No, I think Johnson's probably the more likely the most likely person to trade because I think that more teams okay. are gonna want Johnson because I think that his contracts were gonna be more friendly and he's probably someone that's more likely to sign long term and be very appreciative for what they give him. I don't yeah. I don't, I think that Cream Hunt you could probably get more for because Cream Hunt is obviously better than Dearness Johnson in a lot of ways. You know, uh, you, like you said you want a running back that can catch the ball in the backfield and few do it as good as Hunt. So I'm with you. I would rather them keep Hunt full transparency. Um but you know, if I'm calling team, if I am trying to make a move for a guy like Denzel Mims or you know Make whatever wide receiver you have in your mind that's going to change this group. You, they might be pick up the phone saying, "Hey, you got your pick," because they they might see the right on the wall that they're not going to be there. But I don't know. I don't. You know, those those are. Just- yeah, he could be a he could be like a bonus, like, "Hey, we're going to give you this and Dearness Johnson for X Y Z, right, or whatever." Yeah, t- you know, take take your pick. Which running back do you want? They might not be calling people saying, "Hey, we're putting Dearness Johnson on the block." They might be saying, "Hey, we got two running backs we're willing to get rid of. What do you want?" Yeah, I. <laughs> I just can't imagine them doing that with with Hunt. I just think he's too valuable. Maybe I'm overvaluing him a little bit. Um, let's switch sides of the ball real quick here, and we'll wind this thing down. I I want to get your thoughts on the uh you know what they're gonna do with cornerbacks here, right? So yeah. 
let's go through this room real quick. Uh, I mean, we did the safety room, right? So it's either Bell or LeCount, and the other one is because LeCount even LeCount's probably still practice squad eligible, right? Oh yeah, you don't want to give up on LeCount because remember he he was coming back from the injury. I mean, there was a point where LeCount was fifth, getting fifth round draft pick, yeah. Yeah, you know, he was. There was a point where he was getting mocked in the first round, and he hasn't looked bad. D'Anthony no. Bell just looked good, right? So I don't. Wanna, yeah. I definitely don't. I would. I, if it's me, I'm trying to find a way to shove him on the roster. I would, you know, because yeah. I, mean? I think that he could play. It just might be. It might be tight. So you might have to put him on the practice squad. Yeah, yeah, and, and they could see. It could be a week to week thing between those two if they can keep Bell around. You never know. But let's talk about this corner room. So for me. You know, MJ Emerson is in. Obviously, Newsom and Warder in. That's three. Yep. Um, I, I think, without question, I think their third best corner. To be honest with me, I think their third best corner is AJ Green. Yeah, I do. I think, I think Green. I love AJ Green. So I, I lo- think I he's in. Yeah, I think I mean, he's in for sure. But Greedy Williams is in for sure too. Okay. So right? that's five, right? I don't know. I, I think he is. I, that's why I wanted to look at this. Um, how many are they going to keep? Six? Six, right? Huh? How many six, right? Yeah, they'll six, keep or six or five. Sure. Yeah. For sure, they'll keep six. So it'll be Newsom, Ward, Greedy, AJ Green, MJ yeah. Emerson, and who? Well, this is me. The, yeah, this could be. This is could be honestly though where they go. Maybe they keep playing really well. So who, who, who do you Miller. have? Left? You have Herd Miller, Sean, Laver Hill, Sean Jolly. Sean Jolly. Those are the three um, guys, left, right? Yeah, and I think that potentially, if you're talking final fifty-three. This may be where they just go five corners because of their three safety looks, and they go D'Anthony Bell and, and LeCount on the team. Five corners, five safeties. So I think that Sean Jolly gets cut. I, I do. Yeah. But he has Practice played squad. Well. I, I If it were me, if I was in charge of the Browns, I think he has the higher ceiling of him because you're, you're talking about the argument is Herb Miller – Lavert Hill is is the other one, right? Yeah, Lavert Hill. So your argument is is yes, Herb Miller, Lavert Hill, or Sean Jolly for that last spot. I think Sean Jolly offers the highest ceiling. He's an undrafted free agent from Appalachian State. Two years ago, if you go back and look at his two years ago, he was like the defensive the defensive back of the year in the Sun Belt Conference, locking dudes up, locking dudes up out of conference. Okay, I think yeah. if he was taller. Because I believe he's he measured it like five six or five seven if I remember right. Let's look, look let's look that up. I think if he was a little bit taller and he had a better season last season because last season I got him he, listed at five nine, but that's the that, that might be not be right. Yeah, so let's say five eight. Yeah. So I think if he had a better season last season, he would have been a guy that was drafted, and he would have been locked to make the roster. I think that he has the highest ceiling. I think that he can play in the slot. I think that he can play in the nickel. I, I like his his ceiling. I think he probably gets cut, unfortunately. But if it were me, that is who I would give that last roster spot to and hope that he puts it together because he has had flashes in the preseason too. And guys with, with that lack size, their biggest issue is that they're not physical, where he has shown he is very physical. 
he can be physical. Now, he's going to have some limitations. He's never going to be someone you want to start. But I, I, I like him. He's almost the polar opposite of, uh, you know, Emerson because Emerson is big, long, and physical. Sean Jolly is tiny. You know what I mean? Yeah. I agree with you. I think that I would like to keep him over Herb Miller and Lavert Hill, honestly, if I if it came down to it, for upside reasons. Um, yeah. I know Herb Miller's played okay. Played, uh, he's, but he's, I, he's played really well. Herb Miller has You think really so? Well. Okay. In the preseason, he had. But, the pro, but Herb Miller, he's been in the league for a bit. Yeah. I feel like I, he's kind of reached his precipice, right? Like, this is who he is. Yeah, I just think, I don't think, I'm going to change my opinion on this whole thing right now, kind of, as I'm looking at this and talking it through with you. I kind of think that they don't keep any of those three at, in the end. Like, so Jolly, Miller, and Hill, are any of those guys really NFL roster guys? Maybe Jolly, but not, I mean, it's not like they can use him right now, right? I don't know. Maybe they can. Maybe you can make a case for Jolly, but I, mean, I think he's a practice squad guy. Yeah, I, I, I think that you're. I think that you're right. I think that Jolly, because I, I'm, I think that they're probably going to cut him. I would love to. If it were, if it were me, I keep him on the roster. But I think he's a practice squad guy. I think I, I'm hoping. I'm crossing my fingers that they keep him involved in Cleveland because I think he's got a higher ceiling. Lavert yeah, Hill has I, a little bit more athleticism than those other guys. He was a four-star recruit out of Michigan, yada, yada, yada. But he hasn't done anything. He's been in the league for a bit, I thought. He was an undrafted free agent in 2020, but he's been on five teams. So he's had a fair shake, and he, he can't make it. And he has not had the most impressive preseason. So maybe practice squad him as well. Herb Miller is the only iffy part because I feel like he's played pretty well. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like it kind of depends on who will be available out there, right? Like who's yeah. available via cut, wait, via waivers. Can they upgrade that? I mean, I don't know who has been the last corner on the Browns roster the last few years. Feels like maybe it was AJ Green. Yeah, but a. he's a. up to stock. Was Herb Miller was on the roster? He was on the roster last year. Was he? Yeah, he was on the, he was signed to the practice. Well, late he, he was late, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, in the middle of the season. Yeah. And he was he just was on the practice squad, kind of bounced back and forth due to injuries. Interesting. So that's I think that's an area to keep your eye on. But I mean, even like if you're going game day roster, I mean I think maybe they're probably just dressing those five corners. I don't think they're dressing six corners on game day, are they? I mean, if I had to guess, I I would say it, it would be six corners, four safeties. But you're you're saying that the priority they would prioritize Bell and LeCount over. Those I, I don't season. know. I guess I guess you're probably right. I'm just thinking, like you know, fifty three to forty eight on game days. You've got your five corners, and you're really solid with those five. Like those are five really good corners. Those are five really good corners. Oh, they all have very high ceilings. And they all have, you know, they, they, they have could their probably start goals. other places. Yeah, um, I mean, I, maybe, so, maybe not, but there's, I mean, because Greedy Williams has had a had a pretty rough preseason. I'm not going to sit here, but I mean, you know, this is a guy that had first round potential. He's dealt with yeah. injuries. You know, we're still waiting. We're still waiting, and it could happen. It could still any any day now. He could be a number one corner, man. 
So that's and MJ Emerson has been excellent, and yep. AJ Green has been. I think AJ Green has been phenomenal, even since late last year. Yeah, I thought AJ Green came on as he's come on as a really good corner. So I, I like him. I like, I like the way he plays and runs support. Would you say? He he, AJ Green should have been drafted. That that's a guy where when he he was in the Big Twelve at Oklahoma yes. State, he stifled yeah. guys that were drafted in the first round. Um, well, the, the, the Jalen Rager from TCU. Um, you know, I can't think of the other guy's name. You know, Cavante Turpin, who who was the MVP of the USFL. This is a guy who's played against legit talent and, and shut him down. He had a bad combine. Um, you know, he's he's not super fast, and he felt he went completely undrafted. He's a guy that can play. He can play. So I'm with you. I big AJ Green fan. Big. All right. All right, yeah, me too. I hope he gets that third role there. If they're gonna still can, if they're gonna insist on playing Newsom in at the nickel, which I don't like, and I think I've told you this before, I, I don't mm-hmm. like that. But it is what it is, and I'm I'm open to seeing. You know, I Quincy Carrier kind of talked me into it on the show. Like, okay, he, you know, no, nobody, like, let's see, you know, NFL teams are lining their stud wide receivers up in the slot all the time now. So maybe the Browns are a little progressive here and moving their, one of their top corners in there. It just doesn't feel right to move like a f- first-round caliber pick into, you know, for him, if I'm his agent, I'm a very aware of this and writing all of this down because we know that nickel corners don't get paid the same as outside corners. And really, he's an outside yeah. corner. So if they're going to start him outside with Ward and then move him in, in nickel coverage and bring in like AJ Green, which seems like what they're kind of gonna do, uh, which is kind of a weird alignment move, right? Usually it's like you bring in a specialty guy that just plays the nickel. Um, if they're gonna do that, then then that's fine, and I hope it, I hope it's AJ Green that gets that gets tapped for that third job. I'm hoping. Yeah, I think that uh, I think that Green Williams can play the nickel because he's he's very he's very quick and he's he doesn't get. I think he could do it, but uh, Emerson and Green, that's a big task to have them guys. I don't think AJ Green could play in the nickel. I think he. No. I, think, I don't think he's quick enough to handle it. Uh, I think it. Yeah, I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be Newsom mostly, right? Uh, or or you know, when they got three safeties on the field, it'll probably be a safety at times. We'll see what you know. They do different alignments in there that way and sub packages. But uh, if you're at, if you're gonna have a true nickel cornerback on the field, I think it's gonna end up being Newsom. So. Which is weird, but I'm okay with seeing how that works out. My my thing is like I like AJ Green and run support, and I like mm-hmm. him as an outside corner coming in in those situations, right? So we'll see. Uh, last thing I want to talk to you about here. I mean, is there okay? So tell me, Perion Winfrey. I know you recovered fumble. Did you see anything better from him yesterday? Was there an improvement yesterday? Because I know it was really bad against Jacksonville. Kind of, yeah, he, he kind of got pushed around a lot. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's, there's, there was flashes. I think that he's. I'm much higher on him than the rest of our staff. Um, but his struggles are the same struggles that he had at Oklahoma. That's why he fell because he'll have, he will have games where he not only disappears but he is a liability. The goal is to make him not a liability, and then <laughs> hopefully, if you can reduce the games where he completely sucks, then he'll be a very good <laughs> tackle. But he, he's kind of he's a feast or famine kind of guy, and he was like that in college. It was a great pick; it was a steal. I mean, I was on your show ranting and raving about it, but that's why he fell. I mean, this was a guy that was rumored to be a first round pick because he had like nine sacks last season and dominated the Senior Bowl. 
but he's a very famine, he's a very feast or famine kind of guy. So it doesn't surprise me. He's definitely going to make the roster. I don't okay. think that he was ever in fear of that. Uh, no, I, I don't think I so either. Other people on our staff who are much smarter and wiser than me felt that that he is. They acted, <laughs> they acted like he was on the chopping block. So maybe yeah, I'm yeah. Well, we'll see. I think he's safe too. Uh, so I mean, Elliot and Taven Bryan are your starters, at right? Yeah, I mean, I don't like, I don't like how you say it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, what do you mean? You don't like the the reality in it, or how I say it? I mean, what do you mean? Jordan Elliott and Taven Bryan are your starting interior That's defensive linemen. That is correct for your Cleveland okay. Browns, baby. Okay. I uh, okay, whatever. I know it's fine. T- Tommy Togiai makes this roster, yes. Yeah, he has to. Who else? So, yeah, so is that your four? four? Yeah, I mean, it's got to be right because who else you got? Well. Glenn Logan looked really good in Isaac Rochelle, but Isaac Rochelle is old enough to where I don't. I, he's he's a very solid player, uh, but he's uh, older, so you have to you have you would have to sacrifice potentially one of these younger guys breaking out to keep an older player who you know who's not very good, but he does his job at a solid level. So th- why did they sense? cut? Yeah, it does. Why did they cut? What's his name? Sheldon Day. I, I don't I don't know I don't I don't know I mean I don't know if I don't know if he was going to be over these guys either though because again I mean he was worse than Rochelle and he was not the same age but he he's okay. been old a bit right Yeah I just thought okay I I have Rochelle listed as an edge but he's an interior guy right They so he they, he is listed as a defensive end and he's played defensive end almost everywhere he's gone. But his best highlights and his best play is when they squeeze him to the inside. Yeah. So I don't know why people. I think it's because he's so small and he's got no. He's just he's just a short, squatty guy. I don't know. I don't know why they do that. I don't know why they do that. But he his best play, his best game was the first preseason game where he was on the interior. Yeah. Last question for you before we go. Thank you, Josh. You've been outstanding. Josh Keatley, read him at the Browns Wire, the Buckeyes Wire, USA Today Sports Media Group. We're talking Browns roster after the preseason game yesterday. Uh, the Browns lose 21-20 to against the Bears at home. We are, uh, what, two weeks from game day, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, a big game. A monstrous game. If the Browns want to have any hope, I feel like they need to win week one. Like, well, it's... I don't know about that. Okay. Maybe a little hyperbole, but I feel like a, maybe I'll say it this way then. I feel like a win there goes a lot is worth more than one win. I I really really hope that they win it, but not necessarily for the season's sake. For because I don't think I could stand social the Baker gets a win. The but narrative. I, that's, why, yeah. that's why I'm scared to guarantee that the Browns are going to win that game, and why I don't think it's the utmost. Oh, I don't think it's a guarantee at all. I think it's going to be a tough game actually in in Carolina. <laughs> I can see Baker Mayfield's vengeance and fieriness lifting them to a win just by itself. That yeah, dude it's was tough, playing, man. but goddamn, is emotional. Yeah, that that game's gonna be a tough one, I think. And and uh, but I think a win that like the Browns haven't won an opener since what, like two thousand five. If that- they, I feel, I feel, I think that's right. I was there. Kyle Bowler and the Ravens. They beat them. I, I remember uh, Sir Jeff Garcia was quarterback that day, two thousand five. I was there. Um, oh my god! And 
But like, if they could win the opener this year, I just feel like it would be worth so much. A, to avoid the narrative bullshit repercussions yeah. of losing to Baker Mayfield and B, like just to finally be 1-0 and in a year where you really, really need it. Like you got to get out to a good start if you want any chance of keeping this team around 500 this year. Yeah, I I agree. Um, so I think I think that the Browns. If I had to put money on it, I put the I, I take the Browns. Okay, I like to hear it. Here's my question though: Interior defensive lineman, we're talking right now. Mm-hmm. If there's a guy out there that gets cut that's on Barry's list, is there room to like who would be the odd man out? And should they make that move? Like if there's a guy out there that they're like. We like this guy better long term. We're gonna bring him in. Togi eyes out. I mean, I would hope that you. I, I don't want to just outright cut Togi. I would think that you. You, but he's played pitiful enough. You could probably move him to the practice squad. Practice squad. He, yeah, he's the dude out, right? That's what it feels like, right? It's got. He. It's. it's yeah, it's got to be. So. And do you think that's possible? See, I've kind of said all along that I think that they're maybe looking to add a body in that room at cut down time. They definitely should be because it's not a good group. It's that's not, not a good room. No, it's not. I mean, it's it's not. It, it's interesting because all those guys have something special. It's kind of we were talking about the wide receiver group. It, they all have something special about. It. I mean, all these guys were early round draft picks. Taven Bryan is the oldest dude in the group too, which is he's not very old, and he was a first round pick out of Florida. Great athlete, you know what I mean? Yeah. Toad guy was. He, I think he's got like the combine record for the bench press. He's like the strongest dude in the room all the time. You know, they all have very unique traits. They just they just never are able to access them. It's really strange. It's really strange how even their uniqueness they can't even do that well. Good stuff, man. I appreciate your insight on this roster. I wanted to talk UDFAs. I wanted to talk back into the roster with you kind of after that game, get your thoughts on where we're looking this year. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, and uh, any parting words for our listeners who can make sure you go follow Josh at Josh Keatley 16 on Twitter and read him the Browns wire and the Buckeyes wire. I'm sure we have tons of Buckeyes fans here. Uh, listening to the show. Um, but any parting words for listeners? Frequent flyer here, friend of show, friend of mine, the one and only Josh Keeley. No, I mean, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm my specialty, I, I try to really pump out the draft content. I don't know if you saw my draft preview for the Nebraska Huskers against Northwestern. I picked out I did. three prospects. They actually did all three did nothing, despite the That's one okay. Thing. He got, O'Shawn Mathis got 10 tackles, but didn't really do anything. But uh, I'll, I'll continue to pump out some prospects to watch, uh, you know, week by week, and hopefully, you know, some of those guys land on the Browns. Um, you know, check out my uh, my Buckeyes wire stuff. I do a lot of college football gambling and tips and stuff like that. I went two and two this past weekend, which is not good, but a lot better than a lot of people. So you know, we're gonna build on that and keep moving <laughs> forward. So check me out at Josh Keatley sixteen on Twitter. I'm so excited for when gambling becomes legal in Ohio on the first. I can't. Oh yeah. That. I didn't know you gambled. I always put stuff in the chat. No one seemed. I don't gamble as much on pro football as I do college. Though you gamble on pro football, college football. What do you do? What's your? Uh, well, I'm a bit of a degenerate. So I, you know, I, I, I um, <laughs> I really, I, I've spent. 
You know, I've played a lot of, you know, uh, daily fantasy, um, DraftKings, you know, basketball seems to be my best sport there. Like, I play every day on DraftKings. Really? Yeah, man. Like, and I've done pretty well, to be honest. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I've, I've, uh, top three a couple times in GPPs. I think the most I won was actually baseball a couple years ago. I think I brought it hit for 10, 10 K. Um, but like, yeah. So like, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I've had my moments. Basketball has been the most profitable to me. The NFL is by far the most, the hardest daily fantasy sport, I think. Um, just because people are so good at fantasy football and i feel like like the way you do well at those things it takes like you have to do some work and you have to have the by the numbers and you know and be in really good with the analytics side of it but and with the nfl there's like it's less predictable than like hey that devin booker's gonna go out and have you know, 18 points tonight. Well, he averages 18 points a game, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's probably going to get 18. I mean, that versus, you know, okay, I like the matchup today for X running back. I feel like the uh, the deviation there is much higher on uh, football, right? Like there's a much yeah. more wider a, a range of outcomes for individual players in a football game. For sure. Well, there, there's definitely more variables too. You know, if Jonathan Taylor's yes. averaging 120 yards per you know per per game, and then all of a sudden Quentin Nelson gets hurt, well, that's not how do you how do you measure an All Pro guard? You know, it's a non statistical position. You know, it's one of the four, few sports that is outside. So whether you know, you never know if a strong gust of wind comes. You know, there's just there's so there's so many variables. The injuries are more common, so it's definitely where there's a smaller sample size too. I got some guys that do it. I don't want to say professionally, but they make quite a bit of cash doing it. And they'll tell you that the NFL, they barely even touch because, you know, they try they, the four, first four weeks. It's the hardest, right? Because they just yeah. want to get their, their numbers. And there's just such a short sample size there. Yeah. So I'm into that, but uh, I, I want to be, I've wanted to, you know, I want to play parlays. I want to be able to bet. I like betting the NFL uh, games more than anything else. I think that betting NFL games is a lot of fun. College football games too. Uh, I can even get into some college basketball and NBA. I think baseball's hard to bet, but uh, I look forward to it becoming legal, legal oh, yeah. here uh, in the palm of my hand. Uh, my <laughs> wife is going to hate me even more. Like I'm always like looking at my phone, like and she's like talking. She's like, "You're never listening to me." Always looking at your phone. And I'm like, "I'm sorry. I'm doing something right now." gambling <laughs> oh it's about so, to get worse january it's 1st. about to get worse yes oh, it, yeah. it's gonna get much worse and i hate <laughs> so i hope she doesn't listen to this episode who's who are we kidding she's not gonna listen to this all right uh we're safe there uh thanks josh i appreciate your time man yeah man anytime all right, this has been another edition of All Eyes on Cleveland for Blue Wire Podcast. Big shout out to Mikey behind the virtual glass and Josh Keatley, the one and only, joining us today. For Mikey, for Josh, I am Brad Ward. We are out.